radio and TV, entertainment, AM, FM, podcast show, with Yolanda Nolly. Always a pleasure, you know, at Radio ATV Entertainment AMFM. You know, it's great to have a great celebrity co-host like yourself, Mr. Comedian Super Fox. And of course, you know, they know I'm the host, Yulon Ali. And I am just excited to hear more from an amazing person that you kind of already know, uh, Mr. Catnip. Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, uh, it's excellent. You know, I guess we can say Detroit is in the house. Yeah, <laughs> he is in the house. Yeah, we was here. We, the Motor City. Every time we got a whole lot of motors, and we, we on the building. We in the building. <laughs> <laughs> you can see you on the building, but uh, <laughs> you know, I believe this is um, amazing because you know, you, you and uh, Mister Comedian Sufars kind of already have worked together in the past, and you kind of know each other. How did you first kind of meet? Well, what I was doing, I do a lot of shows on the road. So what I was doing, I was researching, you know, I researched different states and everything, but when I take my show on the road, I'm pretty much, I'm trying to find a, a host for the city that I'm trying to um, go to. So what I did is I found him on the internet, and when I looked at him, he sent me his footage, and, and when I see his, his comedy, and then it was funny, I was listening, and then all of a sudden, at the end of it, he took me like, did you? I called him. Did you just take your leg off? What is that? A magic trick? What the hell was that? He was like, Yeah, yeah. And then he told me the the story behind the leg, and I was like, Oh, that's why I said you got to keep doing that. Because because he started off, he was dancing, and he was dancing, and I'm like, Okay, he's chilling. I said, Look at him, he's going. And then he took his leg off. I said, Wait a minute, what the hell? What he just danced? <laughs> I thought that's the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I said, he's up there jitting and booing everything. I said, how do you do that? You ain't got more legs. <laughs> yeah, I did some Houdini stuff right there, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought he did a Houdini right there. I was like, he got David Blaine. They got on stage. <laughs> that leg worked for me in life because I still got a disability check. Now the question. <laughs> Right, he got his leg working for him too fast. He got one on stage and one in disability. That was good. <laughs> but you know that that's just Mr. Superbox. You know that's his slogan: keep it real. So he keeps it one hundred on stage. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thanks to Catnip, he introduced me to Detroit. I mean, we went on a. Um, he took me on a tour. I did a tour in Detroit and went to Chicago. You remember that? Yeah, went to Chicago. And he also had me, first time in my life, seeing, and I'm going to tell you, Yolanda, first time in my life, seeing where the Jackson 5 was at. The oh, house? To the Motown Museum. Yeah. Oh, wow. The music. Yes. Yeah. They, oh, wow. They do. Never seen that in my life. It was nice. Wow. You, know, when you think about Detroit, you do think about, that's a state of where, you know, our cars are, you know, our, our cars come from. You know, that's the Motor City. Right. Detroit. And, uh, you know, and then I think we kind of had a conversation about, you know, how Detroit, you kind of get hooked on the food, too. <laughs> oh, the yeah. food is good. Yeah, because Silver came down here and he just stayed up and told me, like, the only thing, like, he asked me, 
you know, like I heard Detroit dangerous. I'm like, Detroit ain't dangerous. You just got to follow the rules. But then the first thing you did, he went and Coney Island and left his car running. I'm like, man, what is wrong with you? Like, you can't be leaving your car running. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, we're going to restaurant. You got to be careful out here. You know, I felt like a guardian angel while he was here. You know, you, you know, Cat Nep, I ain't gonna lie to you. You know, I like y'all city. You know, one of my favorite entertainers passed away, Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah. Pink yeah. Cadillac. Know that song, Pink Cadillac? And a pink Cadillac. Yeah, I know the song. <laughs> yeah, her funeral lasted a whole week. I'm like, mm. damn, she I ain't seen her. She got more outfits. She had more outfits in that coffin than I got in my closet. Oh wow! <laughs> so she knows she's yeah, the queen of soul. No, I got a um, I got another promoter that that works with me. His name is uh, Anton Hall. He just clicked in, so he's on the phone now. Oh, Anton, oh, hello, Anton. How y'all? Oh, how are you? It's a blessing to hear from you. It's a blessing to have you on the show. Hey, glad to be here. Oh, amen. <laughs> you know, you sound like he country. <laughs> oh, look, now, most of us here is Southern. Huh? So most of us here is Southern. Yeah, he do all the cooking in our shows, and he promote. He, he knows just as many comedians as I do. So, so you might want to call him. His son is a comedian. So he do all that. He must be a black Mexican. <laughs> he a black Mexican. <laughs> What do you see a black Mexican? We can be straight, straight black. You know, funny ain't he? Good. Come on now. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fast. That's good. Oh, I'm glad to have you on the show. I kind of wish she was here because, you know, as soon as she said he could cook, that's a plus plus. <laughs> oh man, he be killing. We do a show called Laugh With Your Mouth Full. And what we do is, I mean, because people gotta eat. So what we do is, we charge one price, they come, they sit down, it's like an all you eat buffet, and then we do the show. And it's all for like 20 bucks. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So he killing. Ooh, like, that good. I might give you 25. So I might just give 50. <laughs> <laughs> I bring <think> all my girls. <laughs> Always good when you can go to a show and eat some good food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. The you House of Blues does it. Yeah, the House of Blues. You know, Cat Nip, when we went to Chicago, we went to the House of Blues, didn't we? Yeah, we went to the House of Blues. He got got drugs said they gave it super fast and did a show in there. Trademark. Now I've seen his videos. That's Super Fox's trademark when he gets up in the, in the club and he just kills it. You know, <laughs> that's a trademark. <laughs> what is trademark? Hey, they say they say I dance all the way to the stage. The dance all the way back to the seat. <laughs> yeah, he can't Detroit. They say is he doing a show or concert? <laughs> <laughs> he getting it all in. <laughs> 
But you know, the funny thing is, if you notice when I dance, you look at the people in the seat, they be moving too. Wow, yeah. they do. I see the video. Bring the house down. <laughs> yeah, I, I still going back to that one leg. I'm like, you do all of that, and then you got one leg. And I'm like, wait a minute, how the hell did he just do all of that? He doing the split and the do yeah. everything. <laughs> I be doing everything on that white leg, don't I? <laughs> and I at one point, I thought he was dancing with another person because he was dancing with the leg. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Throw that ball with his own leg. I don't know you do it. We have stories about Mr. Superfox, you know, his amazing things on, he, he does on stage. But really, you know, I've heard some of your story and a uh, catnip and. I'm very interested, you know, because I, I saw that you, you were around like during the days where I, where I remember, you know, us old school people remember Dougie Fresh and Curtis Blow. Those are the people, you know, Sugar Hill Gang. And you were, how did all that happen back in those days when you were with them? Who, me? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Catnip. Oh, yeah. Back, no, I did a show back in the day. Like I had a, a manager named Jerry Fryson. And we was like the youngest crew. We were called the Fresh Folk crew. And I was actually working at a McDonald's, which was a long time ago, because I was in one fast food restaurant, and I was like, I would never do that again. So I was like, ever since then, I've been in the auto industry. But so they, um, I was on tour. It was Curtis Blow, LL Cool J, Fat Boys, Run DMC. I mean, all them guys, and we was like the only, the youngest crew that was with them, you know, and doing press. So when they would come to town. They would come over to my manager's house and, you know, and I was like geeked up because I'm like, I'm like 16 and I'm like, oh, chilling with these people. And my manager actually, they got robbed at Cobo Hall by another promoter. And we, we had Roxanne Sartre and all them and she was crying and somebody like, else was going to be my first car and I was told, her, you know, so it was crazy, but she was like, I quit after this. She was like, I quit and I'm not doing it no more. So we didn't really do it no more after that. And then, so that's what I was back then. But then I just kept going on my own, like I'm gonna do this. And then I got into music. And then you know, and then I got into the comedy later on down the life. Like my boy hooked me up with the with the comedians, and he moved to New York. Was like, okay, I'm gonna go down here and do it. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I, so I just kind of took the ball and ran with it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, okay. Uh, you knew Fat Boys. So I knew I was sitting in the house. And I, <laughs> I remember the movie they came out with. Yeah, Fat Boys are back. <laughs> I remember we went to New York and we was actually chilling. We was at, they had a party at, we was at Curtis Blow's uh, house. And they did exactly what they did in the movie. They ordered a bunch of pizzas and brought it in. I was like, yeah, y'all do this for real? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, but we were, they had one table with it, you know, they had a bunch of, let's just say the, the stuff that's legal now, they had a whole lot of that.
Because it was only supposed to be for one show. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was for the church at that time. And I didn't know any comedians, and I didn't even know how to do anything about comedy. I didn't know how to put nothing together. But one day I was at Bible study, and I was sitting at the table, and I was like, wow, I got to learn how to put this uh, show together. And this one guy said, hey, man, I got a guy in Ohio. So he called a guy in Ohio. And that guy came down and started helping me, and he helped me like the first two, three shows. Because after the first show, I had to keep it going because I had to be obedient. So God love an obedient person. And so I just had, I had to be obedient. And by me being obedient, that's how I became laughing with your mouth for. Right. And then we and then he did shows with uh with black coffee. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and then that's that's when me and you linked up. And see, when me and you linked up, I'm telling you, first time you was gonna link up the first time and, and we didn't. Right. And it came back around again. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how me and you became real tight. I'm glad we did hook up the first time because if we had a hooked up the first time, ain't gonna tell them well. You know, if it had to work out or whatever, whatever. But it, it wasn't our time the first time, but the second time around, hey, that was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens there. And, and we've been, been blowing up Detroit. And they done kind of changed the game since, since oh, we first got started now. Because they got all these new comedians and everybody. They try to like crash in the barrel now. And everybody want to do their own thing and, and they're doing it for pennies. You know? Like I thought, if I had it my way, we wouldn't even do it in the clubs no more. We we we'll all be on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's why we came and try to do it different with the with the laugh with your mouth for with the food. You know, we try to feed them, give them another incentive to, to come on out and have a good time. So like say people gonna eat anyway. You gonna go to a restaurant? You gonna spend more than what you're spending with us anyway? Oh man, you <laughs> remember? Yeah, well, do y'all charge for the food? I don't know if y'all charge for the food. Uh, the food is free. Yeah, that was my question. Mm-hmm. And you can have how many plates you want? After everybody yeah. go through, after everybody go through, you was welcome to come back up and, and hang out or whatever you had to do. You was welcome to it because we had so much food. Because we had to cook up. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's You always want to know that because some people, if the food good, they be going up for seconds and thirds. Oh, absolutely. Show with, what you fry, like 20 turkeys? Uh-huh. Remember that one show? Uh-huh. We did about 20 turkeys at that, that show. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and they would come up there killing it. Oh, yeah, he, he, people pay him to fry turkeys for him. Hmm. He does that. That's it. I'm coming to a show. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, Cat, I'm not even going to lie to you. I can hear his voice, and he sounds like he can burn down some. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to get a chef, I'm going eating, you know, laugh with your mouth full. That's where I'm going. <laughs> and, and come out happy. After all this time that you've been doing, you know, you've been in the entertainment business, what makes you out of all your entertainment that you have done, what is the best you think you like doing in this business? What was the best? Like, oh, I, just, I just like, I like being around. I like doing it. I like putting it together. 
I like going on the road, hanging out with us. We we have a good time. We laugh, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, when we on the road, the car is the best because they get to clown in each other. And when they get to talk about it, look, when they fall asleep, one, the first one falls asleep, and get it. Oh, no. And they just be clowning. And I, I started charging people to ride with us. Like, you can ride to the show with us. The best show is going to be in the car. <laughs> You're going to see the show, but while you're in the car, you're going to be rolling the whole time. You're not going to be rolling. Yeah, yeah. Tell them what happened when we, I was in the car. Oh, man, yeah, they was. Oh, man, you don't want me to tell that story. Oh, oh, no, we got to hear the story now. <laughs> they was killing Superfly. They was like, oh, I was going back. I was going back to that. To the Detroit. It was like Detroit against the Florida. And Detroit, nigga, they hard. <laughs> They, I ain't hold by Jesus now. I ain't hold by Jesus. Because, hey, but we good though. I got another guest on the phone. Because, you know, I mean, I'm the vice president of Detroit Lions Club. And I got, uh, you know, we left with the blind. And, you know, I did all these charitable organizations and everything. But, um, Susie Williams is on the phone right now. Uh, she's the president of the Detroit Lions Club. You there, Susie? I am. I'm here. Yeah. Welcome, Susie. Susie. Welcome to Bob Radio and TV. <laughs> I'm laughing for that. So, <laughs> well, Kat, I was hearing you guys talking about doing your comedy shows as charitable work. And mm. one of our Lions Club members is Fran Dent. Fran Dent is a, a very well-known comedian in the Detroit area. And she actually created an LLC for the point of being able to go into the nursing home and doing, you know, Family shows for the kids, the kids in the nursing home, and it really brought them a lot of joy. And there were people that would be talking afterwards that would never say a word when they were in the nursing home. Wow. So it wow. really makes a huge difference. But, you know, they don't have families that come and visit them. They just really kind of disconnect from the world. So Karen mm-hmm. was on, up there. She's talking to the ladies, and if they segregate the course, ladies and men. And so she's down there, she's talking to the ladies, and she's talking to them about dildos and how you can sneak out so you can go to CVS to get new batteries and, you know, so she just had those girls rolling out of their, out of their wheelchairs. I mean, it was just... <laughs> 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 so, yeah, they were just rolling out of their wheelchairs. You know, my, my name is Susie. Susie Williams. Her name is Frank. Fran Dunn. Susie Williams. Susie Williams? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice, nice to meet you, Susie Williams. Can you tell us about Catnip, please? Oh, Catnip is part of our Lions Club. He's my second vice president, and he's absolutely a joy to be around. He makes the meetings, mm-hmm. you know, have a lot of levity to them. But um, we also, we do the River Dream Cruise, I'm sure you guys are all aware of that. And Kat has put together shows for us that we actually deliver for free during the Google Dreamers. Um, I can't thank him enough for that. He's such a such an asset to the club and such an enjoy. Oh wow, yeah. amen. Yeah. Um, yeah, wonderful. wonderful. Because I love to hear it. <laughs> Okay, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Are you guys familiar with the Lions Club? Yes. We, we also did shows with the uh, Detroit 313 birthday party. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all, and, you know, they introduced stuff for the blind. And mm-hmm. like that, yeah. I did the Christmas shows. And, you know, so we do a lot of charitable shows also. And I do that with the, you know, with the Lions Club. You know, and she's connected with the city of Detroit, so. You know, so we get a, a lot of that going on. So the Lions Club is international. So, you know. Oh, we're the largest service organization in the world. With 1.4 million members spread across the globe. In about 230 countries, there's 47,000 clients. Detroit is one of three historic clubs in that city. I'm very proud. Wow. Yolanda. Amen. Yes. Yeah, you wanted to say something? I just want to say that this is, uh, I, I love hearing that about the Lions Club and the collaboration with, you know, with Catnip and, and, uh, the gentleman as well that knows he can cook <laughs> as well. That how they're giving back so much, you know, through entertainment and through, and through comedy. I think we can say fairly that a lot of people can say that laughter is the best medicine that we could ever have. True. True. Which is why it was so important to me. To include that at the nursing home, because it is the best medicine, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? And also, I don't know if Kat had mentioned it to you, but we also do a Tic Tac Vision screening at his comedy shows that he does on Sundays. So we come and we do a free vision screening for the kids. That's an eight thousand dollars camera that takes pictures of the internal workings of their eyes. It will actually spit out what prescription they would need. They tell me if the news that we start trying to block home, like, I mean, that's not the thing, but if they get lazy eyes, if they have, you know, the segmentism, yes. stuff like mm-hmm. that. When we did the Woodward Dream Cruise, we did a, a six-hour vision screening there, and in Highland Park, not, normally my referral rate is 12 to 18%, but at Highland Park, it is 42%, only in 52% of them. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, somebody that they kids five-year-olds and they got glaucoma. You're like, you need to get them some weed real quick. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm like, uh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it legal? Is it legal? Is legal? Yeah, it's legal now. Everybody got it. It is now. Wow. Cannabis. Still holding out over here in Pennsylvania. It's legalized. We have, uh, over in Florida. We have cannabis stores that have the medic symbol on the outside of them. It's legal. Pretty much if you're just in your home, long as you're not outside, you know, in, in the open air in public, basically you can have it, you know, because they, they legalized it in Florida. Well, you know, they legal. Oh, they legalize it in Florida now? <laughs> yes. They, they, it's they cannabis. <laughs> legalize it. You just can't say weed. You have to say cannabis. I'm moving over to Henderson, Nevada. They say you may have an ounce on you, so you know they, some don't be looking like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, uh, Mickey Mouse. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't. I, no, no. I ain't smoking too much. I have an ounce for safety measures. For safety. Yeah, safety measures. So if I can't find nobody, I still have some. <laughs> <laughs> Call me fast. 
And Anton waited until it became legal to stop smoking. Can you hear Anton? Then there's that. Yeah. Right now, I'm about, uh, what, three years more. No, no. He's a deacon of the church. He got a lot of stuff going on. And you know what's so funny? Is when people say, you smoke weed, that's bad for you, right? And they got a cigarette in their mouth. No, what you you got a lighter, I say, I don't smoke. And they like, oh, that's good, don't smoke. Well, then you smoke it. You telling me that's good? has to be a part of the I think he's the prime the prime minister is that his role over there in uh, North Korea where oh, you're right yeah. Yolanda about North Korea because you know it's so funny you know in the haircut place in North Korea they got certain hairs they got the, the, about three hairs in your haircut they can get now you know when we go to the haircut place we get all types of haircut mm-hmm. but they only got three pictures of the type of hair they're allowed to get if they get any other kind of haircut, they don't get killed. That, that, oh, wow. <laughs> Are you for real? Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely. Do you 
know that no one else can celebrate their birthday. The only birthday that they can celebrate is the prime minister's birthday. They must celebrate it. That is a holiday. Over yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. It's the truth. Listen, mm-hmm. let me tell you um, I was talking to the other dude about North Korea. Like, you remember the boy that just, the college boy that just got killed in North Korea? You know, mm-hmm. when they brought his body over because he had stolen a banner. And I saw the banner. It just looked like a dirty banner with some ink on it. But anyway, they put him in prison and they must have that hog mess out of this boy and put him in the cold, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking at it. If I was in North Korea, I wouldn't steal my own crap. <laughs> <laughs> Is that yours? Not mine. I'm just trying to find the airport. <laughs> I'm trying to escape Korea. That's the I don't North Korea. I got over here. I don't know how I got over here. I was like, listen, I love y'all, but I gotta get home. <laughs> Ooh, you order no name on it? Yeah, right. Huh? And so, and it just got your name on it? Yeah, right. I don't. No, no. I said somebody wrote that on there. It's a joke. Yeah, it's a butcher somewhere in the bushes. South Korea. No, this no, sir. You, you're in North Korea. Oh man, let me get back on the plane. <laughs> get out of here. As much as we like, no, nah, man, come on, look back on over here. Use your leg as a shovel under the wall. I don't care what y'all say. I was. They can keep that leg. I'm hopping out of there. <laughs> Did she just say, look at me, are you in your right mind? Do I look like I want to be in North Korea? <laughs> it was a mistake. Hey, I, I got here. No face, they got Korea on it. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you something. I got a passport and I'm scared to go out of the country. I'm a this way. There's so much stuff going on. If you look at the YouTube videos and see all the stuff, like oh, man. Asia, what it is in Syria, they cutting heads off for religion. Wow. Like, listen, like you know, different. You know, if you have a certain religion, they don't like it. They cut your head off. Listen, I was never Jehovah's Witness. I don't know why I'm a Muslim. <laughs> they do stuff. It is crazy in different countries. What they do to people is for religion. It's true. You know what uh, I'm I believe you showed me a video. Of this young girl that she was praying to, I think she was caught praying to a different religion, or yeah, she became a Christian, and they set her on fire. And the whole mob just looked. Yeah, at people were throwing fire at this girl, and this girl was young. This girl had to be like seventeen to eighteen. They beat her, and they watched her get set on fire. I mean, even so, and, and she, because they say she prayed to the wrong, to the wrong God, huh? She yeah. prayed to Allah. Um, be blessed that you say in America because all the stuff that America do you know we don't complain about a lot of stuff that's wrong we understand but we still got a little freedom in America you know what I'm saying I, I would never I'm never going nowhere I'm staying right here where I can get a the ticket for five ninety nine. the only churches I'm going to search the chicken right around the corner <laughs> 
Sweet home Detroit. Hey, I agree with it. I, hey, listen, I agree with y'all. I just feel that, you know, and then you have a kid. Like, I know, I know Catnip's daughter. She's a good daughter. She graduated the same year my daughter graduated. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Catnip. Uh, yeah, yeah, single father. He's a single, he's a single father too. We both single father. Yeah, raised her from uh, when she was thirty days. Oh wow, thirty days of age. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have mm-hmm. people telling me, "Oh no, you ain't gonna be able to do that." You might have said, "No, I'm gonna do this." No, I ain't gonna let nobody take my daughter. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know what? Amen. It should be Father mm-hmm. Appreciation Day, not Father's Day. With trophies. Appreciate mm-hmm. us for mm-hmm. care of your kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We know women do it. We know there are excellent good women out there, but fathers don't get the respect that they deserve. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta wait till you what Papa was saying on Father's Day in Dallas so cold, huh? Hey, yeah, always. Always. Everything everything on Mother's Day. Everybody on his corner, flowers, everything, but on Father's Day you can't get nothing. Yeah. But you know what? It, I think it's in the system, catnip. Because think about it. If you had a son, right, and you train him to play football, right, and you work with him all year, you, think about this. Think about this. You dare for him every day out of practice. You know what I'm saying? You taking him to all his practice games and everything. You dare. One hundred percent. He get to college. You still there? You at the college? You supporting him? And now he's finally getting in the NFL. So when he hold that football up, he's going to say, I owe this to my mama. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I have an objection because we have to think about Michael Jordan. He did dedicate something to his father. You know. That's one in a million. One in a million. <laughs> <laughs> a million. But he all the up. You know, I always say that because, like, when you be seeing these rappers and figures on the war shows and they get up there and say, the first thing, I want to thank God and I want to thank my mama. I want to thank my grandma. Wait a minute, what's your mama the one to tell you if you don't put that ball down and bring your ass in the house here at home? Hey, but can't help. Yeah. Can't help. Yeah. Clarify that. Uh, on the wars now, they do not say that. I think they do not say that anymore. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard that in the like, last few years. Okay, but yeah, but they still, they say, I think that my mama and my dad, and you know your mom and daddy wouldn't push you like that, because they, they, you know, they tell you, I ain't never heard nobody say, put that book down and go out there and practice that ball. I ain't never seen nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I could interject here. I'm a dance vocal, right? And yeah. so, my uh, youngest child plays tennis, so he learns most, he's most academic. Your, your, child, your young child plays tennis? Yeah. Wow. Be wow. Pretty. You gotta be pretty. And he's actually, because I'm a dance coach, I would take him with me to the dance circuit, and he would actually scat mm-hmm. with his friend's home. Oh, wow. 14 years old when he did that. Oh, yeah. He's a music prodigy. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the Delancer is based, it's like a musical organization. Because I, she didn't tell you this, but Lance was gay to one of his participants. Just cut it down. Wow. Let me talk to you. We do a, a Christmas party for blind students in the city of Detroit Public Schools. We've been doing that 
89 years. So we were doing it in 1955 like normal. We brought in our kids from the different place, Hassan, who was a kindergartner that we never met before. But he found, we found out that he was beating the crap out of his mom, Hassan Dan. Or maybe she would like to talk to the other She can go back to flipping back on his feet. So we gave that kid the other drum. He came back to crash the party in 2001 and said, Thank you so much for that program. I built a musical here at one of the Well, it was really pleasant that he would come back and just say that. But he said, Just what I really want to say, we often do small acts of kindness. We've mm-hmm. done negate our health. We're only human. We think about it as a relatively indivisible. He said, But you can't think about it like that because those just a small act of kindness in your heart. And you probably didn't think much of it later, because a good small act of kindness saved my life. My life has had an impact in the world. It can feel small act of kindness impact in the world, and that's how you start to look at that. I've always got a point. So, I just thought it was really special that he would come back, change his flight time so he could sit there, sit with the kids, and think things are concerned. Wow. Uh, That's why I always had respect for like Stevie Wonder, Rachel, because mm-hmm. to be blind and not see and to be so talented, like, you know, sometimes I close my eyes and see. You know, when you close your eyes and you just imagine if you can't see, that's that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? To me, if yeah. I can't see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't see. So I think if you were born blind, it's different because you never saw, so you really wouldn't. But if you see and then go blind, yeah. I think that's the most horrible way to go because <laughs> you know what you're missing. So you just got to be blessed. I just I always thank God that I'm blessed that I have every, my whole thing, because yeah. a lot of people don't have it. Do you know the largest segment of society that commits to effect? Do you know what it is? What? Hmm. Most people will say teenagers, right? Actually, hmm. the largest segment of society that actually commits suicide is the elderly who have recently become blind. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because when you life and you lose it, you feel so disconnected from the world you say, what am I still doing here? You know what? I can fix that. Yeah, because that's got to be hard. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. got to be real hard. I mean, you can take away and do my hearing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but, but if you can take my leg, what I Yep. <laughs> you can take both legs, but not to see. Mm-hmm. It's not to see. Like, you can't see. That's got to be hard. It is. And since I knew the steps and stuff like that, for the elderly being those that commit suicide after they become blind. That's why it was so important to us to then take comedy out to the nursing home so that we, we can bring some joy back to them. Yeah, that, that is. That's why I love doing it. That's why I love doing comedy because, you know, a lot of people fail to realize that it's that the happiness that you put into a person's heart. And and nothing is more happier than when you can have a whole room, like I was telling Yolanda, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of 
the shows that we did earlier. But I was telling her, I was like, nothing is more happy when you can control the whole room and they all laugh and they have a good time. Mm-hmm. They forget about the trouble. Even for a minute, they forget about the trouble. Yeah, they forget about all of them. And we take them to a different world. And promoters, and also promoters like, you know, Catnip and all he's doing, you know, to as far as, you know, it's a lot of what he's doing, giving back, you know, with entertainment. And it's just so impressive that he's had such a long, you know, rewarding history with the Lions Club. And giving and contributing back for as long as he has been doing it. And then ha- he has a, a remarkable woman like yourself um, speaking about those things that he has been doing, along with, uh, you know, his amazing person that knows how to cook, Sadiqan, as well. I didn't take him home, but I want to know do you know how to cook some sweet potato pie? Oh, Lord. I know you ain't talking to me. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about the cook. Because when I come over there, I want some sweet potato pie, some whole cooked sweet potato pie. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, that's a southern favorite. So, if I make hot water cornbread when you do, you throw that back at me? Listen. We just add that to the plate. Yeah, we just add that to the plate. <laughs> come get this cornbread. Come on. <laughs> That's like saying to a white kid, you want some candy? Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. That's the best. Before they have this cornbread. That's true. But see, people haven't yeah. tried the Mexican cornbread. That has everything in it. When I heard about it, I said, wait, they have Mexican cornbread? They go, yeah, it's got corn in it. It's got cheese. It's got, I'm like, well, what else does it not have? This corn, <laughs> you know. You know, you know the thing is that corn is the only thing that don't digest in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out the same. Sorry. <laughs> the, the way it came in. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> we don't know what to call this this it type of plant. The same way. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's a different kind of species. This corn <laughs> that grows out there in, in the cornfield, you know, it's got a life of its own <laughs> in, in the digestive area. So <laughs> it stays in that colon for a couple of, for a minute or two, comes out. That corn being your stomach say, this ass ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got that whole show. There's so many recipes with black eyed peas in it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talk about lion's clothing and stuff like that with Cat being it. Have you asked Cat if he's had his defining moment yet? Hey, one moment. His defining moment. That's when you go from being a member of the Lions Club to being a lion. Wow. I, I'm going to be Detroit Lion, but I don't play football. Football? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have some, um, like, some money coming out of it? always bring up here. But mm. what I meant was, you become a Lions Club member on one day, but you become a lion, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Just giving 
machine, this person knowing that they're going to die being a lion on another day. And usually one, one of the projects that we're doing kind of grabs you by the short hairs and knocks you around the block. You know I'm a lion. I'm a Leo. You know, lions are very significant. They really are, because, you know, you have writers that have used the lion as a symbolic symbol of strength. Also a symbolism of God, too, referring of the lion. And so, you know... Absolutely. Yes. Oh, that's me mm-hmm. that's 100% me, guys. Yep. And is that why the word lions came to mind when they were formulating this? Is because they would be the protectors of these people in their city. This is our major discipline picker that became terrible. And it was because they took on being protectors of their um, consistent in their community. Have you had your defining moment, Catnip, being a lion? Well, you know, well, you know I'm trying to spread myself in. I got a whole lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Superfox called me and say, you know, never answer your phone. Uzi and everybody else got the same, uh, right? So everybody is in the same box. When it comes to that, because I'm so good. That's not yeah, true. Yeah, he's in the hospital about to die. On the night before, he ain't going to answer the phone. That's a good thing. Yeah, Come on. Phone, when you take your <laughs> last breath, and he answer the phone and say, two socks, oh no, he died two minutes ago. Yeah, but huh? he wasn't uh-huh. But I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I do so much saying that when I do get a chance to walk in my house, I really, I don't even need my house because I'm never here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mentioned that when, when I said we should please do this, I said, 
There's only one thing that they have to do, and that's figure out how to keep your happy ass in the state. Hey, um, Yolanda, yeah. we got like a few minutes left, so less than a few minutes before it hits, you know. Absolutely. You know, I really, really appreciate everyone and, you know, coming in and speaking about how remarkable, the remarkable things that have, you know, have made Catnip's career as a promoter, as an entertainment, as a producer as well, and how much he's given back so much in Detroit in his career as well. What would you say, how would you define someone like Catnip, uh, everyone, in your in your words? How would you define? Well, yes. well I know Catnip, but I, I define him as a good-hearted person. You know, he loves to have fun and he enjoy life to the fullest. So to me, I define him as a good person, got a good heart and just want to enjoy life. Well, and maybe I know him from a little bit different perspective, but I look at Cat, when I look at Cat and he's up there and he's doing his thing and he's turning his room around and he sounds with smiles. I view that as bad work on this case. I really do. Um, so... He carries that voice with him when he does what he does. Wow. Oh, thank you, Susie and Mr. Uh, uh, Community Supervisor. Mr. Deacon, how would you define Mr. Catnip and his career and your relationship as you've worked with him for so many years? You there? Uh, Cat Deacon? Deacon. Oh, he, I don't know. Maybe something, he knows he's gone. I didn't know he's no. gone. I said, Deacon probably could do it. Yeah, we can't disturb him doing that. We can't, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm at the Grammys about to get my award. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> With the super potato pie right in the works. Okay. Yeah, you there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they was asking you a question. What was the question? How would you define catnip? You know, you're you work with him for so many years in entertainment as promoting and you know at church and, and so many events that you've done. How would you define catnip? Okay. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you like this. Ken Nip is a hard-working brother. He's one of the hard-working brothers I know. As far as, far as being, being dedicated to his work, he's the one. Thank you. I feel like I'm about to get my award, everybody. <laughs> on, on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ken hey, I'm going to mail you $2 worth of food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to get the green card now. We got to get the green card. <laughs> <laughs> he's, throwing, he's throwing food stamps at you. Okay, now. <laughs> I got something that's going to make y'all laugh. you. I know you remember this. You remember we were doing a show. It was an all-ladies show. It was Mary Ann, Coco, Hershey, and what's that girl? Uh, but anyway, I think Mo Owens was on that show, I believe. No, it wasn't Mo Owens. It was a girl from Chicago. Which one? I mean, not from Chicago, but from, from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, I think he's on uh, Mocha. Yeah, Mocha. Now, let me tell y'all something. This is the only time that I ever known Catnip to mess up. We had put this show together. Catnip was supposed to holler at the comedians, lock them down. Remember that show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I had a hard attack on that show there. Because we had already went through all the motions on making the flyers and, and promoting and starting and all the comedians calling back. <laughs> we ain't watching. Yeah. You remember that show? Yeah, I remember that. Oh, man, I had a heart attack on that show there. That was the only time that I ever seen you from. Yeah, that was why because everybody wasn't coming back fast enough. But, but we got it. We still put it together, though. We did a lot of last-minute stuff. I'm used to last-minute stuff now because... 
I do it with my eyes closed now because Susie has seen it with the, that first dream cruise that we did. We put that together in two weeks, didn't we? Well, I, I remember oh, that. Wow. I remember that because I was, I was supposed to help you out on that. Yeah. Well, I forgot what happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we put that together in two weeks. So I'm like, okay, I'm used to it. But see, I'll tell them, he's like, look, if you don't call me back and the third of my time, you is off the show. <laughs> we got a couple, we got a, about a minute left. So, you know, I want to first thank uh, Ms. Susie for coming on and speaking about the Lions Club that you're, that you're out there and, and all the remarkable things that you've done to give back to uh, to the blind and uh, also catnip. It was an honor to have you on the show. Community Super Fox, you're just a great co-host. I had to get some of your, I got to get a plate of food. But how can they find catnip and how can he get in touch with you and then find you at the Lions Club as well? Well, um, you can get me first through Facebook, you know, Facebook, first move entertainment, Instagram, same thing, first move entertainment on Instagram. You can hit me up on my email, which is first move entertainment at uh, yahoo.com. And, you know, and then you can go to the lionsport.com if you want to get some uh, information about that. Also, also. Radio and TV, entertainment, AM, FM, podcast show, with Yolanda Nolly. There are people chosen to lead this world in the human race And people born to follow and taught God's great grace And then there are givers who understand the needs of a fellow man When love rules their hearts and courage takes a stand Humanity linked together hand in hand We are love Depending on God above, we are grace. Understanding the human race, we are faith. Holding on to a brighter day, we are hope. Looking for a better way, we are charity. Looking out for a fellow man. Take courage to the fight Take what's wrong to make it right Walk through the darkness to the light Following the sun to regain our sight We are love, depending on God Understanding the human race We are faith Holding on to a brighter day We are hope Looking for a better way Life is bigger than you and me Takes a village to raise a family 
That means it's up to all humanity in this life is up to you and me mentoring our children so they will understand to love one another the best that they can I Charity looking out for a fellow man, for a fellow man. Are you a talent trying to make it in the world of entertainment? The way to do that is through social media. But how? With the ebook, How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide, from author Yolanda Nolly. This incredible book will teach you how to brand yourself and how to earn profits using social media and other entertainment media platforms. The entertainment agencies will be offering you high-paying jobs. How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide. Order your copy today on Amazon and everywhere else. Chapter 1. How to Rise to the Top When Everybody There Is Already Think you've got talent? You're not alone. The power of the internet, YouTube, and reality television has created a big pool of famous and not-so-famous people. So how do you rise to the top in your career, especially as an actor or actress in Hollywood, when it seems so crowded above? These three tips will help you make the moves to superstardom and stretch your 15 minutes of fame as a movie star into an hour. Get trained. What separates the actors from the imitators? Their respect for the craft of acting. Before you spend money on headshots, find the best acting, singing, and dancing classes in your area, and invest in your career. 
The most talented people in the business continually train with acting coaches to prepare for roles. They don't take their gift for granted. It is quite possible to have the innate talent for a particular art, but the successful entertainers who continue to work in the entertainment industry have developed their art over time. Acquire multiple skills. Become a Jack or Jill of all trades. The stars of the future will write, produce, and direct their own projects. Don't get lost by having only one skill that can make you money. Become an actor, director, writer, producer, and even a model. Can't write? Collaborate with a young filmmaker who needs an actor or fresh new face for his or her projects. The top money makers in show business look for ways to increase their market share and find opportunities to promote their multiple skills. You must diversify your talent to stay relevant. Create your own products. Be a trendsetter. Want to be the next Barry Gordy, Steven Spielberg, Mark Burnett, or Oprah Winfrey? Create an amazing product. Become an expert in your field. But you can't be a trend follower. You must be a trend setter. Don't better the worst product. Better the best. Gordy is a musical genius. Spielberg is a film mastermind. Mark Burnett is the whiz kid of reality TV. Oprah is a successful talk show maven and the new product's best girlfriend. Find a niche, create products, and sell. But the products you create must be phenomenal, not average, not mediocre. Think like the greats. Improve upon their successes. Create amazing products that your audience can't live without. Famous people of the future are increasing their knowledge, creating products, and diversifying their talents. Some of these innovators are stealing the thunder from established stars that are still following the old rules found in the star-making playbook. Use my suggestions to stay ahead of the next group of reality stars and home video masterminds. If not, you might disappear before you even enter the game. Chapter 2. Finding Ways to Make Money Using Your Artistic Whether you have great musical talent, the ability to paint, or have outstanding writing prowess, you may be able to find ways to make money by using your talent. You certainly should use these skills to your advantage and not let them become wasted on just a recreational hobby. Musicians have so many different venues to go out and sell their talent, while a real, serious artist might still be able to sell their work if they can get their work exposed to the public eye. Writers often have a tough time trying to get their work published, but have outlets like short story and freelance opportunities as well to make a buck. While the most common stumbling block for an artist to find ways to make money is often their hardline stance on not wanting to be a sellout and wanting to keep their trade pure, this will often keep the artist very poor until they are dead. The smart ones will get out in the marketplace and try and get their art sold to as many people as they can. Quite a lot of musicians will work as cover bands or do things like weddings and school proms to make a buck, and writers will sell their work writing things they have little interest in just to gain notoriety and bring in the cash as well. This is often the price an artist has to pay before they are established in their venue of choice. If you are someone who has a talent, you may want to start looking for ways to make money from that talent, even if it is a weekend gig just doing kids' birthday parties as a juggling cowboy 
or singing with a Beatles cover band, it will allow you to make some money doing what you are good at and potentially open some doors for you to expand off of that talent. No matter what it is you ultimately want to do with your life, letting your artistic skills find ways to make money for you cannot hurt. You never know how far your talent may take you these days, as the avenues to exposure on a grand scale are more plentiful than they used to be. From YouTube to American Idol, there are many roads to success these days. The best thing you can do is try your hand at as many paths as possible and see where it leads. If it never works out for you, so be it. You can return to your boring 9-to-5 day job and keep singing on the weekends. Chapter 3 How to Make Money from Your Crafts and Art If you are someone who enjoys putting together artistic projects, you can turn this into an opportunity to make extra money online. Whether you paint, make jewelry, take photographs, or craft other pieces of artwork together, you can turn this into a money-making activity. People are often willing to pay for different artworks which they enjoy, and as long as your works actually have artistic merit, you will have a good chance at making money from them. There are a few different websites available which can help you sell crafts and other pieces of art that you may have put together. By running searches and looking through some of the listings offered, you may be able to determine which website your pieces will fit into best. Taking the time to do your research will help you make extra money online as you will know the best places to put your talents without wasting your time. Should you start to make extra money online through your art projects, you will only be inspired to spend more time working on them. This will serve two purposes in your life. Not only will you be bringing in some extra cash, which always helps, but you will also be able to spend time doing something that you genuinely love. This goal, which started out simply as a way to make extra money online, will turn into a great chance for you to develop your talents and skills and grow as an artist. It is definitely an opportunity which should be explored by anyone who is serious about developing their talents. Chapter 4 The Right Way to Use YouTube to Promote You When we think of social media, YouTube is not really at the top of the list in the mind of an entrepreneur. It is less about social interaction and more of a good place to go for some distraction. This might be the case, but that doesn't mean it cannot be an integral part of marketing your brand online as an entertainer. What makes YouTube a social site is how easy it is for users to share the content with other people, as well as the ability to leave comments and subscribe to the channels they like. It is another way for a brand to reach its target audience online and grow its reputation as an industry leader. YouTube has the lowest average bounce rate of all the social networks. It is the continuous engagement from users that make it a channel that holds onto attention better than most. People are able to simply watch content instead of scroll and read. Another thing to consider is just how enormous YouTube's reach is. Over 1 billion unique visitors. That is a huge market that is largely untapped by so many businesses today. YouTube is a great channel for brands of all sizes in the entertainment world. Even for bloggers who are eager to grow their readership and build up their personal brand can take advantage of a simple platform by uploading videos. So, as a brand, what should you be doing to get the most of all that YouTube can offer? First, fill out your profile completely. It is the same on every social network. 
You don't want to leave holes. Make sure that you are giving as much information about yourself as possible. Visitors want to see your info when they click on your profile, so don't leave them disappointed. Then, give your channel a good description. The channel description is like an introduction letter. It lets people know who you are and what they can expect when they watch your videos. This doesn't have to be a great work of literature, simply a brief statement about who you are, what types of videos you will be posting, and how often. Be sure to use your keywords in your description to make your channel easier to find through a user search. Be sure to include links. On your About page, it is always a good idea to include the links to your other social sites, like Twitter and Facebook, plus a direct link to your website or blog. This is a good way to get more people engaging with your brand outside of YouTube and build your fan base. Give your page some love. You can personalize your channel art in YouTube by adding a profile picture. Make sure that it is something reflective of your brand by using your logo, colors, and even your own picture. Stay active. You don't want people visiting your page and only finding a few videos that you posted at the dawn of time. Always create new videos to post to your channel. Interact with your followers by responding to any comments that they leave. Send out a thank you when they subscribe. You can see anything being discussed on your channel under the Discussion tab. The more active you are with your channel, the bigger your audience is going to get. It is also a good idea to embed your videos into blog posts, status updates on social media, or on your website. This is a good way for you to add channel subscribers from those who are already following you elsewhere. YouTube is a key part of any marketing strategy. Are you using it for your brand? Morning, Marge. Oh, it's you. Finally decided to show up for work, huh? Before you give me some half-baked pitiful excuse like the dog ate my gas pedal, aliens stole my underwear, or my personal favorite, you had a gray matter leak in your brain and were waiting for the plumber. Give me one good reason, just one, why I shouldn't give you your walking papers right now. You know, technically, Marge is correct, Quack. These fabrications cloak a dormant inbred desire to shrug responsibility and return to infancy with a poopy diaper. With a what? I'm waiting. One good reason, March. I'll give you three. How about this is my office, you're my secretary, and you work for me? Oh, uh, well then good morning, Dr. Quack. <sighs> I'll be in my office. Why do I even put up with her? 
She harasses the patients, lets the phone ring off the hook, and couldn't type a decent letter at gunpoint. As you colligate these facts, I must admit that was a little drastic. The gun wasn't loaded anyway. Wait a minute. Why am I even talking to you, Zig? You don't exist. You're just a figment in my mind. Fine. I'm here with you day and night to help you with your psychosis. And you treat me like some bad sushi left for months in the bottom of a desk drawer. I wondered what that smell was. Thanks. Regardless, I'm the psychiatrist here. Me, Dr. Quack. Doctor, understand? What do you think the DR in front of my name means? Delusional regression, if I took a clinical stab at it. Very funny, Zig. That's your opinion. Excuse me, Mr. Delusional Regression. Your next patient is here. Tell him I need a few minutes. I'm smelling the pungent aroma of a soiled diaper again, Quack. Look, I treat imaginary characters, and I can't even get rid of you. Maybe I should just end it all. That's irrational. And I refuse to be the one to add to your own destruction by telling you the gun is under your latest issue of Mallard Girl magazine in your top drawer. Oh, thanks. Maybe. Maybe I'm just tired and hungry. I'm kind of short on money, and... I would allocate the funds, but I left them in my other attire. Ah, gotcha! You don't even have the money, because you don't exist! Now, who's the best psychologist? Both of us. Why? I purposely failed to tell you where the bullets were. So, Quack, how long have you had this fixation with self-destruction, when I could easily sell tickets or send you spam emails? (sighs) Another day, another psychosis. Radio and TV, entertainment, AM, FM, podcast show, with Yolanda Nolly. Nolly.